I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor Ann, Laura, wake up. This is my first <laughs> cup of coffee. This is authentic. We're actually uh, recording this right when we wake up. We like to do this before the the girls get up and start our day off, you know, centered on God's word and focused on, you know, what's important. So we uh, read one chapter a day. We're starting the book of Acts today. We're going to read chapter one. Um, I usually read from my Bible, which is the Old NIV 1984 edition. I've got my self Concordia Self-Study Bible, which some of you might have one if you were required to get one for catechism. <laughs> um, and then my husband, if I call him Paul, don't get confused. It's Pastor Colander here. <laughs> you don't uh, call me Paul. It's going to be <laughs> weird if you're in our house and you're okay, calling me Pastor Okay, well, I'll Colander. just try my okay. best. Some people used to that yeah but the so, point is okay okay so he reads he's following along in his greek so he'll be able to if we stop and say what's going on he's referencing his um greek so if i'm doing most of the reading that's because he's he's also studying and reading as um as we read along so if you have um bible or bible app we're going to start in acts one and um just kind of do a short little look at the Bible every day and mm. try to make it beneficial. And if I'm asking questions that, you know, you also had, that's great. But if you have some different ideas or questions, you can always email pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pastor at the Springs Lutheran, all one word, dot org. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to answer your questions. That's my job is to help people understand the word of God better. So do the best that I can. All right, are we ready? I think so. Okay. Sure. So Acts chapter one. In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak of, speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or date the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight, or hid him from their sight. They were looking up intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Any uh, thoughts on that section before we move to 
replacing Judas? Um, well, something that struck me in verse 1, which I told you when I opened up my Greek before this, when I looked at Theophilus right away, where he addresses it to, I mean, the name literally means friend of God. Hmm. So, it's, I mean, that's who the book's addressed to, so I thought it's, and according to my uh, dictionary, it's could be an elder that's in Corinth at the time, but it's a prominent Christian. But this is something without any research at all. I was just wondering. Hmm. I mean, so I even that, if it is... I read that wrong. I was saying it like in my former book, Theophilus. Like that was the name of his former book. That, right. His that former, I should have read it. His former book is Luke. Right. But in my former book, and then he addresses to it Theophilus. That's who But it's even true. if, even if it, it, I mean, it, it's a real person. Right. But, I mean, you can kind of just insert yourself in there, you know, in my former book, and then put your name in there because, you know, we're friends of God. And I, I don't know. It just, it really works as kind of a great placeholder for a name that you can insert your own name into there. So, I didn't know, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit, it's intentional, but if it's just addressed to anyone reading this that's a friend of God or a real person, but it, it's a real person. So, um, I don't know. I think that in verse 6, it's just, it's still surprising that after all of this, they're asking when God is going to restore the kingdom to Israel, like an earthly kingdom. Like, soon they're going to have the Holy Spirit come to them, you know, on Pentecost, and then they're going to be out there being the leaders of the church without Jesus, but still at this time, their faith is, I don't know, would you say weak, or they don't understand really what God was doing, or do they understand, or why are they asking this question now? Jesus has died and raised from the dead, and they're still asking, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Uh, I think for a long time, I Mm. took that to mean their faith was really weak, and they didn't get it. Like, they didn't get the significance of Jesus' teaching. It's almost like, you know, they weren't listening the whole time. And then it's like, he's leaving. It's like, oh, um, now are you going to do this? But I think it's, they did understand what Jesus did. They did understand how amazing it was. But at the same time, um, the Roman Empire was really persecuting them. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you think of, it's only 33 years ago that, every child in Bethlehem was killed, mm-hmm. you know, because right. Herod had this thing. So it's it's not like it's this nice government that's ahead of them and just, you know, overcharging for them for taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the prophecies in the Old Testament, as I read through that again, with you know, he's going to break the rod that's on their shoulders and um, 
just and kind that's of this, about sin. Yeah. But they're interpreting that right, to be right. about earthly. Sure. Bombs. Yeah, and all this stuff about you know him being a king that rules on David's throne forever, and you know, I mean, we take that seeing Jesus at the right hand of God the Father being there forever, but for them, I mean, one of Jesus' disciples is Simon the Zealot. You know, this is it's just kind of built into their An DNA. Activist. Yeah. Yeah, but it's built into who they are that they are seriously being oppressed by this government. And they want Jesus' help on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, there's nothing wrong with that prayer, but it's... Is it going to... I mean, this is the last moment you have. You're going to... Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's a little bit of confusion. But I think... Maybe it's persistence in prayer? It could be. Yeah, I'm. I'm just... I guess, personally, I'm leaning farther away from just complete lack of faith and you know jesus hearing that and going oh you're gonna ask me that uh, again i mean lack of faith but maybe lack of focus you know because it's a temptation that we all fall into even today if you look around there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and in politics and Mm -hmm. um you know people feeling at this time you know oppressed and or that they may soon be oppressed or, you know, whatever, and they're worried about it and they're talking about it. And um, you see pastors all around saying, you know, focus on God, focus on your eternal salvation, but it's very difficult to do, mm-hmm. you know, because you're sur- you're in the world, you're surrounded by the world. So though these guys are, like, li- literally living with Jesus, seeing these miracles, they're still surrounded by, I mean, they don't have the news media like we do, but... You know, they're surrounded by their situation, their friends, their family, the people who talk and are spreading doubts and worries in their minds. And even living with Jesus, they struggle with the uh, lack of focus, worrying about their day to day, worrying about their political situation, just like well, right. people I mean, in our lives do. They're in the world, you right. know, I mean, they, and on top of that, I mean, they're going to go through a lot. You know, if this is 33, mm-hmm. in the next 35 years, you know, in the mid-60s, there's going to be this huge persecution of the Christians, and then another one in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Christians are going to be persecuted very violently, and they're going to be driven away from their homes. And you can look at that and go, okay, how is, you know, God with these people? How is this a good thing? But what happened because of that, people fled to all different parts of the world and carried with them the word of God, you know, and the word of God was spread and churches were, you know, bloomed all over the place. They were bloomed? (laughs) Again, half cup coffee. Yeah. (laughs) All right. You know what I mean? It's the great diaspora. Mm -hmm. So like there is no way that anyone earthly could see that as something that was positive and say, you know, okay, you know, God can use this great persecution of the Christians, but the word of God went to the corners of the earth and many more people will be in heaven because of that persecution, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, hard to wrap our minds around. And mm-hmm. Anyway. All right, well, um, <clears throat> yeah, Jesus goes up into heaven. 
this account doesn't mention that they're on a hilltop or anything like that. It just kind of says when they were together, he went up. Is that just a... That's mentioned in a different account, right? That she, they were on, like, a mountain? Or is that just something well, artists Matthew, have made up? Or? In Matthew, he gives them the Great Commission. Yeah. But I'm not sure... I don't think that's when he ascended to heaven. It's after that. It's yeah. it's not, like, right before. Yeah. The other kind of big point to take from this is, you know, that he's going to return the same way that he went coming down from heaven. In the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Yeah. So, I mean, coming down with clouds of glory, you know, as in Thessalonians and things like that. And... Um, oh, I see here, actually, as we read on, it's going to mention they were on the Mount of Olives. Sorry oh. to interrupt. No, just with that point, you know, like any of these cult leaders that claim to be Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. if they're born, if they're just hanging out and then decide to start a cult, you know, they're obviously not Jesus Christ because they didn't descend from heaven. So it's a prophecy about the return as well. But mm-hmm. anyway, go ahead. All right, let's keep moving. We're on verse 12, um, mm-hmm. the next section. Is this Matthias or Matthias? I've heard it pronounced both ways. Um, I've always said Matthias, but now I'm starting to doubt myself. Yeah. I'll say well, Matthias. Anybody has a problem The Greek with has, that? has double thetas. <laughs> Which means? <laughs> well, you can't, like, make a two noise would be like Matthias. Okay. So I think it's Mathias. I think two thetas you make a T but anyway. Oh, well hmm. alright email us if you have a suggestion on pronunciation <laughs> corrections. Yeah. I, think I think it's gonna, Matthias. I think we're going to run into that Let's a bit during Luke. Or, it sorry. says Matthias in the NIV. No, there's an H. Yeah, so, okay. Um, so there's going to be a lot of names that I might not pronounce correctly. I'm going to do my best, just like I would tell my students, do your best. It's not mm-hmm. about how you pronounce the names, it's about the message. All right, anyway, Matthias chosen to replace Judas. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. With this reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called they called that field in their language al Kadama, a keldama, mm-hmm. that is field of blood. For Peter, for said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms: May his place be deserted; let there be no one to dwell in it; and may another take his place of leadership. 
Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. Yep, what are your thoughts? Well, it's just, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, looking where at these in the Psalms, um, that's where both of these are. The footnotes on my Bible say Psalm sixty nine twenty five. That's mm-hmm. the may his place be deserted, and then may another take his place of leadership. Psalm one o nine verse eight. You mm-hmm. know, and I've read through the Psalms you and I have together, and I guess it's just you know interesting how they're all they're all coming together and being uh applied and um not applied but fulfilled um and peter i mean is he speaking just from his own knowledge or is the holy spirit guiding him to remember these psalms like how does he remember this random reference in psalms that uh it's time to replace that 12th disciple i mean it seems like there's some god's god's telling them to do that or what do you think about that well i definitely think it's the holy spirit that's here i mean it's recorded in our bible it's the holy spirit leading this to happen but but not everything peter says from this point for the rest of his life is inspired by the holy spirit no I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, they, if they're joined constantly in prayer, mm-hmm. it's not like they're just sitting around, you know, and Peter says a prayer and then the other says a prayer. I mean, they're, they're praying a lot, but they're probably also singing psalms together because the psalms would be their forms of prayer that they mm-hmm. could do. And so um, then they, they think about it and through prayer and through reading they've understood that this is what it's time to do or what mm-hmm. it, what needs to be done yeah but i mean psalm um 109 it's uh, my god whom i praise do not remain silent for people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me they have spoken against me with lying tongues, with words of hatred. They surround me. They attack me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accuse me, but I am a man of prayer. They repay my evil for good, or they repay me evil for good and hatred for friendship. Appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let the, an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him be found guilty, and may his prayers condemn him. May his days be be few may another take his place of leadership may his children be fatherless and his wife a widow may his children be wandering beggars may they be driven from their ruined homes so this whole psalm is about judas pretty much 
Yeah. It's foretelling. Right. Oh. I mean, a lot of the Psalms, though, are, you know, it's not, it's just anyone who is actively hurting someone who is good, a child of God. Like, if you're being punished, so not you're punished. you're saying this has a specific application. This has a specific application. But it could also, you could apply it if you were being persecuted. Right. Because there's a lot of Psalms like that where David, you know, says, hey, surround my enemies and cut them off. Let all these things happen to them. Lord, punish, you know, those who do evil. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this one. So it's Peter being led by the Holy Spirit to say, yeah, this is talking about Judas. Let's let's follow what this Psalm says and pick another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only other thing I just, you know, I know I've read Acts before, but every time I read it, I kind of uh, catch something new and think about it differently. But when he says, choose someone who's been with us the whole time, you know, we think, or we think of, or I should say it's pictured Because a lot of my mental images come from all the Bible story books that I've learned from and taught from. But wherever Jesus goes, he's got this group of just 12 12 men with him. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, this tight little group that goes everywhere together. And then different people meet him in each city. But this is implying there have been other people with him the whole time. So the group is, is larger than we may picture or um or at least you know they might not stay at the same place or, or be in on exactly all the same um what's the word Wit- like witnessing every single miracle <clears throat> obviously like not on the boat with Jesus when he's calming the storm or or doing those types of things but where some of these men or you know women have been following him from city to city they may have also not had jobs, you know. They might have stopped what they were doing to follow Jesus, to be like, you know. I don't want to say, you know, like, it's not a cult, obviously, because it's Jesus. But, you know, when you hear about people joining a cult where they just stop their what they're doing and go everywhere and do everything this leader says, like, that's what... These men we haven't heard of up till now, Joseph, known as Justice, and Matthias, they're not mentioned earlier, but a- according to this, they've been there the whole time. They've been along the whole time. How many other people, you know, is it the 120 that that's mentioned in verse 15? Like, that's a lot of people that have been religiously <laughs> following Jesus around. That's a lot to picture in any situation, a group of 120 people just going somewhere or meeting somewhere. It's a big, mm-hmm. much bigger group than I think we sometimes picture when we, you know, picture Jesus talking to his disciples or, you know, them bringing the children to Jesus, you know. It's not just 12 guys standing around there and a group of kids. It's a it's a large group of people, you know. Yeah, I guess I would view it, I would frame it rather than, referencing a cult you know <laughs> i'm trying to but i mean it's a cult when you say a cult like now that's a negative thing because we know cults are not i think they're oh. not true leaders or they're not truly god 
they're they're selfish. This is not well. That. When I think of cult, I think of you know its followers being brainwashed, you know, and not rather than faith. No, no, no. They believe truly what their leader is saying, and yeah, in a way, they're brainwashed. And these people are, you know, they're not brainwashed, but they believe truly what Jesus is saying. There's saying this is the most important thing is to be with our Lord and we're going to go everywhere with him, you know, and at, at the time to pe- to other people, to some of the religious leaders who didn't believe in him, they, they saw him as a charismatic yeah. leader who was scary right. the way right. we view cult leaders. Right. So if you don't view it in the true lens that the Jesus unbelievers is... unbelievers viewed Jesus yeah. as just a cultic leader. Right. But for these guys, they were just, it was a church. Right. You know, and the church has, just as it does in a, a regular church, you have kind of levels of leadership, you know, and that's how Jesus set it up. So um, he sends out, like right after the transfiguration, he sent out 72 disciples mm-hmm. into different areas. And... Um, could, yeah. you could have, these guys could have been in that group as well right so he sends them out and telling them to go into these different places and a message to and kind of forgot um, about that part <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of people so, so that's, 72. that's 72 male leaders in the church so you have that big circle of people then you have this circle of 12 disciples you know that's like this higher leadership role that there are a lot of times when Jesus just pulls aside the 12 mm-hmm. to do something you know, oh, this healing has happened. We're going to pull aside the 12. Oh, we're going across the um, the lake, you know, to get away because of the long day. We're mm-hmm. just going with the 12 in the boat. Or oh, Jesus is appearing walking on water. Just the yeah. 12 are seeing that. And then other times, even a closer group is just Peter, James, and John. Right. You know, we're going up the Mount of Transfiguration. I'm just bringing these three. Mm-hmm. So it's these different levels of people that are there in the the church that Jesus built here on earth, establishing the New Testament church. And when they looked at, you know, who is ready to be in that group of the 12, um, they, you know, appointed seven leaders, you know, I don't know if it was 72 or more or less at that point, but to just kind of take over the um, day-to-day charitable operations of the church no spoilers isn't that coming up in the next chapter or two no, isn't that, yeah but they appointed 12 so they don't have to wait on tables is that here right no no we just talked about just replacing judas that's all we oh. read about no never mind okay <laughs> yeah it's a spoiler but anyway just replacing judas you still have a large pool of people to talk to uh, to talk i, know, I was just saying from. for me that i don't always picture that so many people were so invested in Jesus that they'd been there the whole time. It was a reminder to me that the group is larger and stronger than just the the 12. Yeah, and it doesn't say all these people left their jobs completely. No, but they've been there all along, meaning they're not new to the faith necessarily. They're not, they didn't just join the parade on, on, uh, you know, Palm Sunday. They've been here since and they were probably followers of John, bef- the Baptist, before Jesus Some got there. Some of them could have been. Yeah, and if they were up in, um, like, Capernaum, you know, where Jesus was there for 
mm-hmm. you know, almost a year it always came back to, yeah. in and out and around the lake. And then they would have gone down to Jerusalem for all the major festivals, so they would have been there for the crucifixion and resurrection. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Emmaus disciples, when they're walking back, they're like, don't you know what has happened to Jesus? You know, like, mm-hmm. where were you? Because everybody in Jerusalem was talking about him. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a full thing. Anyway. Well, all right. So tomorrow we'll be doing chapter two. All right. Yeah. Okay. Have a Have a good day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us in this Bible study. If you would like to reach me, you can do so at pastoratthespringslutheran.org. Be happy to answer any questions and respond to whatever comments you have. God bless. Have a great day.